peripheral. No. Can only see straight. You don't, yeah, you're like I have a, blinders on. You're a predator. <laughs> Do you know that predators have like a defining feature of predators is that they have heads. Uh, they have heads. They have heads. <laughs> first of all, uh-huh. step one within those heads, their eyes are front facing. Mm-hmm. So like prey, they'll have the, the eyes more on the side of the head, so they can look out for like danger. Predators face forward, which means all Muppets predators. <laughs> I thought when you started that sentence, I thought it was going to be a fact about the Predator movies. Did you know that the Predator is actually gay? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm not surprised. In this day and age. I mean, he spends all the movies hunting men. Yeah. Seems a little fruity. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fruity, did you see Harry singing to that guy on New Year's? No. Singing what? Who? There was, he was at some New Year's party. There's just, we don't know what the context is. but Harry just, Styles. Yeah. There's just not a Prince photo. Harry. No, not Prince Harry. <laughs> there's just a photo of Harry Styles and he's like gazing lovingly into this guy's eyes and like singing, holding a microphone. At a concert or like in private? No, it's like at a party. That's a little fruity. Yeah, it was very fruity. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have something real in the intro? I had, no, I had something. I bookmarked something for this very occasion. This is an article. We So, last episode, we talked about the movie Lovelace with as, featuring Adam Brody. Not starring. Um, starring Amanda Seyfried. And along... At, at the time that movie was coming out, a friend of the podcast, Adam Brody, did an interview. I'm going to pull it up. Can you read that? <laughs> yes. You want me to read it out loud? Yeah, please read it out loud. Adam Brody, porn has made us more peaceful. And it's a picture of Adam Brody smiling. This is on Salon.com, which I'm sure is a very reputable news source. I'm going to transfer this over to my phone because I'd like to just go through it with you. Okay. If that's allowed. Of course. Do we want to play the intro first? Like, can this be like a little opening? Because I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot to say about the movie we watched. So (laughs) this could kind of be part of the episode. Yeah. Especially because it's more Adam Brody focused than a lot of other stuff that we've done recently. Yeah. Okay. The movie's pretty Adam Brody focused. Okay. Play the ooh, the music's gonna start and then you're gonna say your thing and while well, I it. <laughs> I literally forgot that I had to do that. Welcome back to Brody Quest. I'm Josette. And I'm Shannon. And here on the world's best and only Adam Brody fan cast, what we like to do is we like to like look at Adam Brody's face and think about what it did to us. <laughs> do you want to try that again? We look at Adam Brody's face in the order that it has appeared in the world in time and try and figure out if Adam Brody is a time traveler. <laughs> okay. Through aggr- aggressive research. And disregard for... Quantum theory. Quant- disregard for quantum <laughs> theory. <laughs> we said, fuck this. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we look at... Uh, we watch Adam Brody movies in order, and then we talk about them, because we really like him. <laughs> And one time we talked to him. <laughs> you just want to brag about that again. Never happen again. 
Hey, he messaged me back on Twitter. Hey, do you think that our listeners have also lost all respect for this show in the same manner that we have? <laughs> um, I think actually someone said something really nice on Twitter recently because I felt bad because we've been doing so badly. So poorly. And then, and then a few days ago, someone tweeted was like, I, I love your show almost more than I love Adam. I like, responded that to that tweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're letting them down. Still haven't heard back from Manuela about that last <laughs> daily tweet. <laughs> Manu, we need to know what the fuck you were talking about. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's read the Salon article. Adam Brody says porn has made us more peaceful. The OC heartthrob talks about researching his porn star role in Lovelace and whether the film is feminist. That's the subheading. Because if anyone gets to decide, it's Adam Brody. Yes. Adam Brody decides what feminism is for all of us, Mm -hmm. truly. Exemplified by the movie we'll be talking about this week, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second. This me- this article is also written by a man. Just, I I haven't read it. I saw the headline and bookmarked it because I knew we were going to want to talk mm-hmm. about it. So mm-hmm. we're going to go through it together. I might have to edit this down because who knows, this article might be fucking boring. Yeah. No, no fault of Adam's. No, it never is. It never is. Except for in the movie we're talking about in which a lot of stuff is Adam Brody's fault. Not Adam Brody the actor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, in an era defined by nostalgia, Adam Brody is one kind of superstar. Ad- Brody was the pinup boy of the Bush era. <laughs> what? Like, Brody was the pinup boy, cool, of the Bush era. What? <laughs> As the breakout star of the OC, the Orange County set nighttime soap that featured a fast talking, indie rock loving nerd at its center. Wild claim to say that Seth Cohen, like, on, a, on an emotional level, for us, Seth Cohen is the center of the yeah, OC. Yeah. Plot-wise, probably not. But plot-wise, no, but I would say that the amount of people, just being on, like, Stan Twitter, the amount of people yeah. I've seen decide to watch the OC, like, majority of them, the reason was because they're like, I've heard about this Seth Cohen. Yeah. Okay. So I guess culturally, yeah. Seth Cohen was the center. Yeah. Ryan was just there for the plot and his and his beautiful face and his leather bracelets. Yeah, um, Brody has yet to find a role as defining as Urban Outfitters clad Seth Cohen, though he's worked consistently since the OC concluded. It's oh fuck, I can't read. Concluded uh, consistently since the OC concluded its four season run in two thousand seven, including roles in franchise fare like Scream Four, member, and independent quirk fests. Fun sentence. Like Damsels in Distress and Jennifer's Body. Remember those movies? I do. Close your eyes, think back, remember the good times. <laughs> but the 33-year-old star, best known for playing a young teen, is taking a big step with Lovelace, in which he plays porn star Harry Reems, a real-life... I forgot that was his fucking name. A real-life performer who died earlier this year. Fun oh, fact. Damn. Brody's film is concerned at once with Deep Throat star Linda Lovelace's rise to fame and with her degradation at the hands of unworthy men. But Brody plays one of the good guys. Bold claim. <laughs> I as, mean, <laughs> as far as that movie went. That there that there were any good guys in that movie. Because, like, love him. And obviously Adam immediately makes that role endearing, but he doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. A supportive co-star who makes the whole thing seem like fun, even when he's, well, performing opposite Lovelace and Deep Throat. <laughs> it's a long way from Orange County. Brody spoke to Salon about breaking out of the teen star box, as well as his views on porn. Yes, he watches. <laughs> and whether it's feminist or degrading. The movie or porn? 
Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, do you want to just go through this whole article? I you should edit some of it out. But, but like together right now. Yeah, here sure, in this room. sure. Okay. I'm wondering. This is the question. I'm not going to do an Adam Brody impression. I would hope not. <laughs> I just wanted you to know, and I want our viewers to know that I would never. And I want Adam to know. <laughs> I'm wondering whether this role is intended to aggressively differentiate from your persona as it existed on the OC. This is so radically different from how you first rose to fame. Do you consider stuff like that? First of all, sick of... I know I'm sick of it, and I'm sure Adam's sick of people. Anything he does, it's like, man, this is a lot different from the OC, huh? Well, they're like, man, for a long time you are typecasted because of this one role. Do you want to talk more about that thing that you've been stuck on forever? But it's like, it's, and it's, but like, I've seen so many interviews, everything that he does. I, most of what we've watched post-OC has not been like the OC. Yeah. Because it's just roles. And that's how every, like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't ask, like, Marlon Brando, like, hey, man, remember Streetcar Named Desire? Don't do that so much no more. What's up with that? And he's like, well, I was 20. Like, he's an actor. He's going to play different shit. It just bugs me. Uh, And this this is Adam. I mean, I certainly enjoy variety, and I don't want to get typecast, not even so much for anyone else's perception as much as for what's interesting to do, you know? It can get boring to do the same thing, but this wasn't some aggressive, premeditated move to shake off any teen residue or whatever. This was just a great part with a great group of people that came my way pretty randomly, and I didn't even have to think about it, so I mean, I was just lucky to get the job. Even in text, this man is so nice. He is just so eloquent and he never like once in that was a stupid question but like casual. but he doesn't make him feel stupid about it he's just like he just answered and he's eloquent but he's also like he's like yeah it wasn't a big deal i wasn't really thinking about mm-hmm. it i just like the people and i like the project he's just so chill what a nice guy yeah okay here's a great question i'm wondering if you think this movie is sex positive because it is funny and raunchy at times but at the same time linda goes through horrible stuff just just you just you and me let's adam can leave the room for a uh-huh. second do you think that Lovelace was sex positive as a movie? We talked about this in the episode. It didn't seem to pick a side very well. Yeah, I'd say Is, overall, no, it highlights her trauma way too much to be sex positive. It didn't leave me, like, I didn't leave the movie being like, man, I'm excited about sex. Yeah. <laughs> it made me leave being like, man, that sucked. Yeah. Um, this is Adam. On one hand, I think it definitely doesn't de-glamorize sex. They're using it to sell it, you know? If you see the movie, it de-glamorizes it a lot more, but if you just look at the trailer, you're just looking at the posters, it's like, this is a sexy movie, and sex does sell, and it's exciting, and it's tantalizing, and it's provoking, and, you know, you can argue the same with pornography. But I think the movie as a whole kind of rides that line in between. It definitely doesn't demonize pornography or sex, and at the same time, I don't think it glamorizes it either. I don't think you leave going... I mean, this is for mature audiences, but if an impressionable 15-year-old did see it, I don't think they'd leave wanting to get into porn. (laughs) At the same time, I don't think they'd leave going porn is evil. Not to say that they took a safe stance either and didn't want to say anything. Man, Adam really goes into it here. I don't think there is a definitive answer, you know? I think about those questions anyway. First of all, everyone has sex. We're all the product, the result of sex, so that's not going anywhere. I think pornography as a whole has probably perpetuated more good than bad. I mean, it's probably pacified us. If you think about those devoutly religious, strict cultures, there's a lot of violence in those cultures. At the same time, for the performers, it seems like it's, even now, like a hard life, I would say. The majority, although I can't say for certain. And I'm sure there are plenty of healthy people from healthy enough backgrounds. 
I mean, I think Harry Reams was a healthy enough guy going into it, from what I know. It wasn't like he was abused. I think there are some socially, mentally healthy performers, but at the same time, it's hard living in a probably drug-fueled culture, I'm sure. And I think there's a fair bit of violence within the industry, but within that, outside of it, and in terms of that perpetrating it or not, I can't say it does. Again, what an eloquent man. Mm -hmm. And I... He this interview is making me retroactively kind of appreciate the movie more. Yeah. Where he is what I it seems Mr. Brody is positing is that this movie was not at all focused on sex or the porn industry mm-hmm. and whether or not it's good or bad. It's focused on Linda Lovelace mm-hmm. and the things that she went through. And I would still argue push back on that a little bit cuz like we said like it didn't stick to her entirely to her version of the events. It kind of took the middle road. But again, it's like he said it's like writing a line, kind of. I get that. Um, Still tonally, it was a little uneven. Uh, Whoa. I'm just going to skim through if that's cool with you. Adam did watch uh, Deep Throat, the movie, mm-hmm. the original, to study for the role. So that weird voice that he was doing as the doctor, the doctor, Harry Reams doing the doctor character. That was is actually how Harry His Reams impression did. of, I mean, I didn't watch Deep Throat, <laughs> so I don't, I can't speak to how accurate his impression of it mm-hmm. was. But that was him doing the voice. Um, at a certain point, the interviewer asked him, what do you think about Deep Throat? Do you think it's funny? Do you think it's sexy? And then Adam asked, are you talking about the sexual act? <laughs> and then the interviewer goes, I'm talking about the film. <laughs> Why did the interview not and go, well, the, now I am. And then the, no, the interviewer then goes, you can tell me what you think about the sexual acts. <laughs> uh, when asked, do you watch porn outside of preparing for Lovelace? He said, uh, I won't get into too many specifics of my personal habits, but yes, I'm familiar with pornography, <laughs> which is a great response. So they ask if he thinks it's feminist and he basically goes like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, he does it in more words, but mm-hmm. he's, he basically says, I don't know, and I'm not quite sure that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's cool. Thanks, Mr. Adam Brody. I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> Do you want to this movie? Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Bring us in to the play. Set the scene. Um, Do some world building. Okay. NPR voice. Uh, I don't remember my NPR voice. Just make one up. Okay, so we, okay, <laughs> I just say what we're talking about. We're talking about some girl, parenthesis, S, and parenthesis. Yeah, some girl S. <laughs> some girl S. Um, some girls, and it, I didn't, I had no idea what this film was going into it. Um, and I started. Say the year. I don't remember. Was it 2013? 2013, okay. Um, and so, so close to the new girl up which, FYI, we passed 2012 with barely a, a whisper. And I'd just like to shout out 2012, which was a great fucking year. It was a good sixth grade year for you? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was so cool. The culture of 2012 endlessly fascinates me, like, in retrospect, where I'm like, I think about things that were popular at the time and things that we all genuinely, like, participated in. Because mm-hmm. it was like... That advent of like, like that was like when internet culture like kind of really came into its own as like a actual thing that was affecting day to day life. 
in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. at least for me as a sixth grader. Um, I think about that shit constantly. Like the, like the memes about the world ending, some classic memes, some good shit. I, it was a weird to end. Like the internet was still pretty much lawless. Like a lot of memes in 2012 were fucking gross. Where if like I found out, like if I now was like, Hey, what are sixth graders laughing about? I mean, maybe, maybe they still are. Maybe if I went and tried to find, like, the memes that sixth graders were sharing around, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? This is <laughs> messed up. But there's stuff I remember seeing on the internet as a sixth grader where I'm like, you would not, like, TikTok would never let you post this shit mm-hmm. in a million years. And it was just on YouTube. YouTube wouldn't let you post it now for sure. Or tum- the things I saw on Tumblr. Oh, dear God. Now you can't even put tits on Tumblr. No. And... Also like the music of 2012 Rules. That's when Call Me Maybe came out. Fucking, sh- that shit slaps. Shit's so good. If you, It's 2022 now, so it's actually the 10-year anniversary of all the shit that happened in 2012. So I have even more reason to be excited about it. If you look at the list of like popular songs that are turning 10 years old this year that we just entered into. Happy New Year, by the way, everybody. <laughs> the list fucking bangers all the way down. 2012 rocked. Anyway, this movie's from 2013. <laughs> um, I I started liking this movie. I was interested in where I was going, yeah. and I enjoyed it. And then slowly, I was like, "Oh, this is the worst." Yeah. Um, because they they kind of pull you in, and then can you give just a, upset you a brief overview, and then I'm, I'd yeah. Love so to this know. is about. Oh, he doesn't have a name. He I was trying to remember his name. This he's is called about, the man. He's called the man. Um, <laughs> this is about Adam Brody's character, and he is engaged to be married. So he goes back to see a bunch of his old girlfriends mm-hmm. that he has kind of ended things badly with, kind mm-hmm. of to try and make amends before he goes off and gets married, which is bonkers. <laughs> yeah, what a cool plan. Yeah. That can only go well. And it does. It goes perfectly. And the movie is like 10 minutes long because it goes so well. They're I'll all re- never see Kristen Bell. Yeah. They're all really happy for him. And uh, he gets happily married. And I'm happy for the woman that he's marrying to. <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that? So, like, I, do, do wanna... I have to? Okay. Well, I don't. I would talked a lot in the intro. Um, the So the first one, I don't remember much about the first woman he meets. She was a, his high school sweetheart. Oh yeah, yeah, and so he meets he meets up with his high school sweetheart, which like she's now married with kids. Yeah, and um, and she like once again this is like fifteen years later, and like she has moved on, but she is clearly still very upset over what happened, um, in high school. As is revealed. Yeah. Can I can I give a little background yeah. on this movie before we go into yeah. it, and then I have another piece of background that I'm saving and clutching onto like a like a prized golden trophy because it's so good and I want to wait until the very end to tell you this piece of background information. Okay. Here's a piece of background information. It was originally a play. Oh, that makes sense. It was originally an off-Broadway. It actually, okay, so it opened in London and then it moved to off-Broadway. You can tell from the way that it is written mm-hmm. that it, like thinking about it now, because I was like in the middle of it and I was looking at the way the characters were talking and I was like, this is play dialogue. This is the way that theater kids think people talk. Mm-hmm. And it, I looked it up and I was like, yeah, okay, I was fucking right. It was, it was a play originally and they didn't change shit for the movie, which is a 
disservice because those are two different mediums, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, every scene, it's literally, it'll just, like, cut to the hotel room and the start of, or sometimes the middle of the conversation between him and whatever woman he's visiting. Like, there's no beginning, there's no, like, intro. they have a few brief interstitial scenes where Adam is traveling mm-hmm. and something happens, but other than that, pure hotel room, pure dialogue, pure characters interacting with each other, which, like, I am curious to see how this movie... I'm curious to see how the play would feel watching it for two reasons. One, plays are... They feel more intimate, right? Like, because you're closer and it just, like... I feel like maybe it would have landed a little more mm-hmm. had it been adapted. I feel like it would have landed more as a movie had it been adapted for a movie because it was still so play-like that, like, I kind of wondered, like, maybe this was just meant to be seen live and then I would have enjoyed it more the other reason is that reggie that character and her whole sequence was added for the movie the dude who wrote the play when they're bringing over for 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 movie time i guess they were like it's not long enough or maybe he was like hey you know be fucked up (laughs) i'm curious i'm so curious i'd like genuinely love to interview this dude yeah just to see like Hey man, what was the point with this one? Yeah. Because I don't know what the point... I'm confused about a lot of shit that goes down in this one. No, because that one really turns it from... Before that, especially with the way Adam plays him, you're like, okay, obviously this is a very flawed guy. He has hurt a lot of people. But like, you... You're not pushed to hate him or to actually think he's evil until yeah. those moments. It like ruins like the last two scenes. Yeah, are ones where like you. So it's okay. So basic rundown: high school girlfriend. She's really mad at him because he ended things and then went to prom with someone else. Second girlfriend. I don't remember her name. Alex Rose. Rose. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Yeah. She's in Chicago. She's in Chicago, and they just basically had a shit ton of sex. And he's not sure why he's even there, because he doesn't feel that bad about anything. <laughs> he just has this weird feeling like, I feel like I should feel bad. And then while he's there visiting her, he remembers, oh, right, I broke up with a different girl to come here, and then kind of didn't end things with her while, when we got involved. Uh, not kind of. He didn't end yeah, things with her when we got involved. absolutely did not. As becomes apparent through the scene. And then he fucking cheats on his wife with that woman. Just, yeah. They straight up make out, homie. They don't I don't think they bang. I remember them getting close, but I didn't remember the next thing. No, they make out quite a bit. Which was already like a little bit of a So that's a red flag. That was a red flag on Mr. Adam Bray's character. And then Well, especially when when she comes on to him, he's like he's not like I don't want to or I love my fiance. He's just like I shouldn't. He goes, no, he doesn't, he goes, I probably should Yeah. <laughs> so that should have been a clue. Um, where does he go after that? It's not Reggie right away. Yeah, it is. Um, wait. No, he, the it's British the, woman. It's the British woman. Yeah, then he goes and sees a woman who's much older than him, who was a professor at a university. Basically, he and this woman cheated on her husband together. And she is like for a while, like they're having a, a full they're fledged a full affair. affair. Yeah. They had a set hotel room, but we'll get into that. Uh, and that encounter goes great for him, too. <laughs> um, 
And then he goes sees Reggie, who is the little sister of his former best friend from high school. And I think we'll get we'll get to that because <laughs> I don't can't even don't want to summarize it. I we'll get to it. And then he goes and sees. I don't remember her name. Kristen Bell. <laughs> Kristen Bell, and she is the girl who she he cheated on with the girl in Chicago who he really felt bad about, and some details come out in that scene about his whole deal, which are important. Do you just scene by scene, like, talk about thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk or about Or do we want to say, like, go watch the movie, it's free on Tubi, and then we can just sort of freeform jazz it, like, <laughs> our overall thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't feel like we need to go scene by scene, just say whatever you feel like saying. Okay, let's try and do it in order, just for listenability oh do you have any thoughts on the, the high school girlfriend yes jennifer morrison was doing god's work in that scene she honestly out of all, all the actors in i don't know maybe i'd have to go back but like just initial impression i remember from watching the movie is i remember thinking that she was doing a really good job and was like lending a realism to the otherwise kind of stilted dialogue the mm -hmm. play dialogue as we put it um I think that she's just doing a good job. And, like, the tur there's this turn in the middle of her scene where, like, at first she is acting really nonchalant and, like, dude, I don't even know I'm in this hotel room. Like, we dated in high school. Who cares? No big whoop. And that turn where she kind of snaps and you see that it's been fucking eating at her for years, this thing he did, it was brilliant. Which, like, it start to slowly build because he keeps saying things like, when we broke up, and mm -hmm. then she'll be like, you broke up with me. <laughs> like, she'll like, and then it just builds until she, like, can't stand it anymore. That shit was great. Mm -hmm. She did a good job. Um, and I loved at the end how it's like, even though she's like, she's over, she's over him and she's moved on and she wants nothing to do with him, but she can't let it go. And she's like, what page is she on the yearbook? That she's just yeah. like, I need to see this girl. Like, it's so, it's so old news. And like, she, she wants nothing to do with it, but she just can't let it go. And she, and cause she leaves the hotel room mm -hmm. and then it clearly, it's still, she's like, F fuck. And she comes back and she's like, what, what page is she on? Like, I have to, I, oh, that's good shit. I like it. Um, good job, Jennifer Morrison. And so in that, let's talk about Adam's character in the scene. What were your impressions of him initially? Like, trying to erase the shit you know now. What were your impressions of him as a dude? Um, I, once again, there, even in the first one, there are already, like, some red flags that just he like, can't say, I broke up with you. Well, that he can't say that, and just that he's, like, kind of an asshole. Like, he's, mm -hmm. like, the way he's, like, I saw where your life was going, and I didn't like it. Like, that's yeah. just, like, he's kind of an asshole. But once again, Adam just is so good at making characters endearing mm -hmm. that, like, even when, like, and once again, like, this is how they make a point that, like, he's really good at being charming and romantic and stuff. Like, that's how he gets all these girls and, like, gets them to fall in love with him is that, like, he does have because he's a writer he does have this side to him that's like just hopelessly romantic and yeah. like so kind and so nurturing and so nice so like there'll be moments where he'll say things and be kind of charming and you'll be like oh maybe he's maybe romantic. he is doing the right thing maybe he is trying but he kind of toxic though yeah he for real toxic <laughs> stay toxic homies <laughs> don't do that please get help um yeah that's and I'd like to emphasize the point that he is a writer because it does become important mm -hmm. later, both in the movie as like the big kind of what I understand to be the 
climax of his kind of character arc. That's an important fact. Um, and also for some of the things that make me question whether or not this movie's good. Um, yeah, that scene was cool. What a good way to start the movie. Yeah. Transition. He's on a plane. He looks at a uh, in-flight attendant. Oh, yeah. He, he's flir- eye-flirting with the flight attendant. Yeah, he flirts with the flight attendant. Now he's in Chicago. He's talking to what's-your-face. Sure. I don't think that's right. I refuse to look it up. <laughs> I will look it up. You okay. Me. Yeah, he's talking to her, and they're being real horny. They're horning up that that hotel oh, bedroom. Fuck. I think they all had, like, kind of andro- androgynous names. Like, kind of gender neutral. Yeah. Which is oh, a, yeah, they did. Another weird... That seems important, but I don't know why. Yeah. They're being horny. Yeah, and that's when he's like, oh, I shouldn't cheat, but she, like, keeps coming on to him, and he, like, doesn't, he doesn't really, really stop, stop her. <laughs> um... And that's another, there's another clue that he is probably a shitty person in the way that, and this lady's weird because clearly she doesn't give a shit. Like, she's just horny all the time. Well, no, she does. She, she's acting like she doesn't give a shit, but then she does get all emotional. She's right, like, you're right, right, right people end. do get hurt. And, like, she shows the softer right side the where, end. like, clearly she was playing it off like she didn't care, but she had been hurt by him. And that's the, th- and that's that moment is the moment where he realizes, oh, I didn't even, he says, like, basically, like, I didn't even hurt you. I hurt this other girl before. <laughs> she's like, oh, and then no, she, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and that's when she gets emotional. She's like, you're dumbass. That scene, that was the moment watching the movie where I started to have this you know, little inkling, like, Hmm. I'm not sure about this guy. It was Wait a minute, maybe he's not the good guy. Wait a minute. Maybe the real bad guy was the friends we made along the way. Um yeah. Uh I don't have anything else to say about this scene. They do that f- they have weird lines about weed in that scene that like Clearly, the person who wrote it has never mm-hmm. smoked weed. There's like she lights up a cigarette in the hotel room, and then she does that thing where she like blows smoke into his face so he can get a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. remember the n- funny name for it, but that's what they they like. Bl- she like blowback she, or something like something. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, gross kiss. I don't know. Um, and then she has this song. Where she's like if. If, if, if this, this was a joint, we'd be flying high. <laughs> no, she yeah, she we, if this was a joint, we'd be we'd be flying or something like that. And then she goes, remember? Like she says remember in this way, where remember I Remember like, when you used to smoke weed. And then fly? <laughs> I like it made it was so weirdly stated and written where my two options were either the person who wrote this has never smoked weed, or B, they were trying to imply that this woman has a pilot's license. And if so, <laughs> she should not be flying while high. She should not be influence. flying while high. Like, don't drive while under the influence. Definitely do not get into a plane. <laughs> like, super do not. <laughs> yeah, that scene was... That scene was kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. It was mostly... And it, like, boring in an uncomfortable way where, like, I was genuinely... Because, like, their flirting was awkward. It's... I don't know. It's weird to see someone come on to someone else really aggressively and yeah. then the other person just kind of go, like... Mm. <laughs> no maybe like, not mm. i shouldn't like he just doesn't really do anything yeah um and yeah there's something there's something in the way that adam is playing this character where it's like he 
you know, he just, he, you know, he reminds me of a TikTok fuckboy. <laughs> a particular one or just? Just in general. There's something he does to his voice where he's like making it just a little different than his normal speaking voice. Where it, it kind of has a like, <laughs> kind of quality to it, but just like a little bit. Um, and I started to notice it in the scene. Yeah. Moving on. The English woman. The English woman. Um, that one was fucking insane. <laughs> that one started wild and it got even wilder. And honestly, hey, good for this lady. Yeah. This lady's a bad bit. Good for Reggie, too. The way that Reggie seems at yeah. we'll get to Reggie. But, like, her last line that she delivers, as much as I hated that scene, yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Both The way that both those scenes ended, I went, fuck, out loud. Yeah. Um. So, this is, her name is Lindsay. Mm-hmm. This is the woman that, that he dated at the college that he had an affair with. Yeah, dated's a fun word, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um... And, and so she, and she's like very, she's very mad at him. She's very like cold and reasonably. closed off. Yeah, reasonably, but like, and she, first she informs him that her husband knows that they're there and is actually waiting outside. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even, I don't even remember, like there's lots of buildup and there's lots of conversation. Can I give some important details? Yeah, yeah. Can I give some important details? Here's important details. They, he was, his her husband was the one who hired him at the school. Yeah, he was like the dean or something. Yeah, he and he wasn't the dean at the time, but he still was the one. I think he must have been like vice dean or something, mm-hmm. vice president of the school. And then he, he so he hired Adam Brody's character, uh, and then they started sleeping together, which bad. <laughs> and then uh, at a certain point, one of her colleagues saw them together, like at the hotel, I guess, and. Uh, went and fucking told her husband, and as soon as they were spotted together, Adam's character, fuck, I wish that he had a name. I get that, I get what they're doing with not giving him a name and just making him man, but I don't, it's weird to be like, the man. <laughs> can I, we get, can we give him a name? Craig? Yeah. Fuck, oh, that's a good one. Can I, wait. No, Craig is good. Yeah, so Craig piece of shit that he is fuck craig craig he dipped so one of her coworkers saw them and he left without a word just being like because like they got found out and so he fucking dipped and then she was left there to deal with the consequences and he never even like called, called her back to be like hey sorry i left how did that work out <laughs> um and so that at that point that's when you kind of get the start of the theme that he just sort of does that at the end of all of his relationships. Mm-hmm. Whereas as soon as things look dire, he leaves without a word. And like, that's kind of the same thing that's wrong with not wrong. That's uh that's upsetting Jennifer Morrison's character. Cause she never got an explanation for why I left. And also the explanation fucking sucked <laughs> when she did get it. Um, I think those are all the important details. What happens next? <laughs> okay, so she says to him, because he's like, he's like, I want to make amends. I want to make this better. And she goes like, do you promise you will do anything to make this better? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, what do you want? And he's like, I can go downstairs and apologize to your husband, which like, uh, like a few moments later, he had been like refusing to do that. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, he's like con- trying to convince her that it'll do anything. It's like, I can go down and apologize. And she's like, no, I have another idea. Yeah. 
<laughs> and she starts asking, she's like, your, your fiance, do you love her? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, I'd rather we leave the, her out of this. Yeah, yeah. In this weird way, too, where you're like, I mean, clearly, she's sort of involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and basically, she just goes, I want you to sleep with me, mm-hmm. to cheat on your fiance with me. So that you have to carry that yeah, around. Yeah, so that you have to carry like that around. Do. And like, at first he's like, no, that's insane. I'm not going to do it. But she keeps being like, you promised you would do this. And, like, and then she just starts taking her clothes off. Yeah. And she starts like trying to seduce him. And like, I don't think it's working, but also like, he could just leave at any point. <laughs> like, he could just be like, no, this is too weird. I'm out of here. And he doesn't. Well, no, because I think the thing that stops him from leaving is that she very quickly says his fiance's name. And says, like, my husband looked at Oh, yeah, he's like, we found her. So I think he, and she tries to, she is about to call her. Oh, yeah. So I think he doesn't leave because she, he's genuinely worried that they're going to just call her and tell her all the shitty things he's done. Um, I've got one other, mate, two other? I feel like there was something else, too. Well, one thing we forgot to mention is the weird fucking way that he describes his fiance whenever, because all the girls ask, like, oh, what's your new relationship like? Like, what's this, what's this girl like? Do you want to talk about the way he describes this woman that he's going to marry in every scene? I don't remember what he says besides saying she has highlights. <laughs> yeah, she he says she has highlights. She's she's blonde, and then she he goes like, she's nice. She's a nursing maid. Like, there's nothing to say. Yeah. Like he is like so nonchalant, non-committal yeah. to his. She, he's like, I don't know, whatever. She's nice. It reminds me of the fucking Middle Age and Schwartz. Uh, thing anyway. in the wedding was like, oh yeah, she's she's nice. She's nice. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, dude, you're gonna marry her. Like, even if he is a total sociopath, he should at least have something more to say than like, yeah, she's nice. You can at least make up more and be like, oh yeah, she's the best. She's so caring, even, so sweet. Even if they were like, what's what's she like? Like, you're gonna marry her. She's probably great. And he just went, she got a fat ass. Like, even <laughs> that would be better than just like, yeah, whatever. She's a girl. He, that's what she he says at one point. He, he says goes, she's some girl. She's some girl. They really love to. They use some girl a lot. Yeah. Um, she's some girl. Yeah. That fucking sucks. <laughs> anyway, she says sleep with me. Oh, I remember the other thing. The other thing is that she says that it's not him running away that actually hurt her very much. It's that every time they had finished smashing, they would lie in bed and he would talk about this hypothetical future that they were going to share together. Because he's a writer, I is the thing that they posit later, is he's a writer and he makes shit up. Um, bad rap for writers in this movie. Um, and she, like, fell in love with these hypothetical futures of, like, that he was conjuring up. And when he, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty fucking sad. Yeah. Rough. She kind of seems to have figured her shit out. Yeah. And recently, she talks a lot about how, like, they done a lot of therapy and her husband trusts her mostly now like it's they're working through it and it's i mean good for them yes yeah. i don't know but so they don't end up sleeping together she because <laughs> uh be, because yeah explain why well because no, she just leaves but it's a fucking baller moment because she's she like gets him to undress she's all undressed she gets him to undress like she finally convinces him and he goes he goes like all right what do you want me to do like he's get he's Given in. He is 100% ready to sleep with this woman. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, she's like, being all sexy, she's like, well, I'll start, but you have to close your eyes and you're going to tell me what you remember, like what you, 
uh, one of your, like your favorite memory about when we were together. And so he closes his eyes and he starts describing the things that he loved about there together. And it, while he's talking, he kind of seems to convince himself a little bit where he is genuinely getting into this memory and mm-hmm. like remembering like this, we had something that meant seemingly meant something to him mm-hmm. on some weird fucked up level. Um, and while he's talking, she starts, she's like slowly like stroking his face and then she moves away a little slower. And then as he's talking, she just gathers Grabs up her stuff. shit, puts on her big coat and dips. And he, sits up and like i like obviously it's not as effective of like as like actually making him live with the knowledge that he did cheat on his fiance but also then she doesn't have she's not cheating yeah so she makes him live with the knowledge that he was fucking about to which is kind of more badass that she she got she got this bitch in the palm of her hand and said fuck you. And she also got him all emotional over them again. Yeah. <laughs> like that's baller. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was pretty incredible. Um. That no, that felt good. It felt good. <laughs> and at this point, I was that I think the moment where he is, he does because he doesn't fight very hard to get himself out of that situation, Mm-mm. right? Once again, he could have like done anything. Yeah. <laughs> And he doesn't. He just kind of says when he goes, all right, let's do it. Um, but then if you didn't think he was a bad guy, the next one. I can't talk about this fucking so scene. I'll talk about it. I'll jump in. Hey, content warning for some messed up, some, some stuff. What would you call that? What's the like word that you would use as a content warning that isn't? No. Minors in sexual situations. Yeah. Content warning for that. For this next bit. Um, okay, so the next one is Reggie, who she's incredible. I love her. Um, like you said before, she is the little sister of his high school best friend. And um she starts it's kind of I think I think he wasn't planning on meeting her and then kind of last minute did because no, no, no. Maybe he was planning on meeting her because no, was... she's like, you're in town for me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. So they start talking and like she's being very cutesy and flirty and you can obviously tell like, oh, she like had it in for him. You know, she definitely had it in for him. And she slowly starts talking about her experience and reveals that um, at the fucking time she was 12 and he was 16 it was like when she first said she was 12 i was thinking like he's probably 14 or something and i'm like okay that's weird but like yeah he was her older brother's best friend yeah and it was at her birthday but then she was he was like you were 16 and i was like fuck um and it revealed that he kissed her and then she's technically 11 (laughs) she hadn't turned 12 yet (laughs) yeah it's so bad that he had kissed her and like touched her ass and um when she was a child um and he was 16 it's very bad um hey wait uh before we go any further i think content warning bad time (laughs) bad stuff happening with minors in sexual minors in sexual situations yeah content warning for that for this next bit maybe like about minors (laughs) You piece of shit. I'm into that. 
That's a save. That's a bookmarked tag on AO3 down for me. Down in the mine. Yeah. Things get it was dark down there, man. They're lonely. You're going to look me in the eyes and you're going to tell me that the Chilean mine. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. Didn't at least kiss? They were down there forever. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm pitching. Here's what I'm pitching. The Chilean mine, there were like a lot. Statistically, like one of them had to have been in love with one of the others. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other one's situation may have been, but statistically, it's supposed to be like one in every five people are gay. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good sample group right there. Yeah, I think there are definitely, there's probably some of them You're are. telling me you're in a hole with other men? <laughs> what are you digging for down there? <laughs> I'm just trying to lighten the mood. This seems I know, really heavy. I know, but okay, but we can talk about how awesome Reggie is because uh, yeah. so she she once again like throughout the first half of she's their whole interaction. Well, she's being vague, but she's also being very flirty. She like even tries to come on to him at one point, and the whole time he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa I can't! You're you're my you're my best friend's little sister, former best friend." There's, yeah, it's established that he hasn't talked to this dude. Kind of since this thing between them happened, because again, he just dips every yeah. time. And at first, it sort you sort of just get the impression that like this must have happened because again, she doesn't specify the age till like halfway through. So at first, I was getting the impression like, oh, something happened where it was like he kissed her in because he says like, oh, it was just a kiss. He kissed her when they were in high school and felt bad about it because it was the younger sister's best friend, and so it was like this, like kind of just shady. Mm-hmm thing that he did and then she was really into him so like that's shitty that he left her hang like that because she talks about how she wrote about it in her diary and she wrote like i hope we we talk about this mm-hmm. like underlined and in all caps and so i was getting the impression it was like kind of a schoolgirl crush sort of thing but twasn't he went so he kissed her on her birthday when she's her birthday at her birthday party not on her birthday Important distinction. She was 11. She was going to turn 12. He kisses her on the mouth because they were, like, in the kitchen goofing off and laughing with, and he thought that. And he thought I should kiss this 12-year-old. That, that would be a funny thing to do. Well, I not even funny. He's The way he explains it, which is so buck wild, is that he was just, like, he was, like, I knew you are into me, and it was your birthday, so, so I, I gave I'd you this you little this kiss. kiss, like it was like it was like a gift he gave her because he knew that she wanted it. But which it's is not like just a little kiss, is it? It was it, not only on a kiss. Several, on the contrary to Mister Brightside, it was not only a kiss. He, because what he does two absolutely fucked up things. Number one, after kissing her, he whispered in her ear, "I'm going to marry you someday." Wild thing to say he's a to an 11-year-old. Because he's a writer. He makes up little fictions. He likes his little stories. Oof. And he ends, like, that is just, like, so, Kiss saying that to an 11-year-old, you, like, even ignoring the ages, to say that to someone younger than you that you know is into you, and you don't mean it, mm-hmm. that sucks. Mm-hmm. Saying that to anyone when you don't mean it sucks. That's a shitty thing to say. And then he grabs her ass, like, full-on, like, underclothes, does it. And 
she's like i guess just on the onset of puberty which so she gets aroused because she is into him mm-hmm. and it she has this she's 12 she's it she sparks a fucking crisis she has a speech and she talks about how she goes back up to her room and she's like and all my friends were there just girls and i would never just be a girl like them again mm-hmm. and it was like fuck yeah um that part hit yeah <laughs> that part this this is the interesting thing about the the writing in this fucking thing baffles me because in points it's so stilted it's so weird and like theater-ish where it is so it feels contrived mm-hmm. but like and it also was written by a man except i guess except for reg because i think that he collaborated with the director for this scene because again this was not originally in the play so maybe that's why this one feels the most the most real mm-hmm. whatever it is like it's weird that there are moments where it doesn't seem, and I guess for all of them, it doesn't seem like it was written by a dude in the ways that you think it would. But then there's other things where it is so written by a man. <laughs> where as And especially in the way that the male character is written. Yeah. Where I, like, yeah, I'll get into that at the end, but, like, that that moment hit. Do you want to con- do you want to continue with where it goes on from there? Yeah. Um. Basically, once again, he like tries to explain it and be like, Sorry. he tries to defend himself. Yeah, he tries to defend himself and like it's fucked up and she's like not having it and she reveals that she's it, it is revealed that she's a journalist. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a point too where she's like, she kind of brings up she's like, I could write about this and he's like, fuck no, because he's also just recently started to get published as a writer. Yeah, so he's like just starting to get some traction. Which so. we haven't mentioned it. The thing, big thing that got him real famous for writing is, fuck, what do you call it? He called it the trigonometry of desire. Desire, yeah. Or something stupid like yeah. that. And every, pretty much every woman he talks to. I think to, it was the calculus of desire. Calculus of desire. Which is somehow worse than trigonometry. <laughs> Every woman he talks to in this movie fucking comments on how they know they read the thing. Except for I think there's one person who hasn't. Kristen Bell mm-hmm. has not. Um, but all the other women comment on how they read it and recognized parts of it from their from relationship. their relationship with him. Cool. So she's like, she's finally like, I'm not going to write about this. Um, and after she does her little speech, which is like incredible. And then she is, like, getting ready to leave. And right before she goes out the door, she, like, shoves him against the wall and kisses him. And he, like, resists at first, but then he totally kisses her back. Like, he does. shit. Yeah, because he's a piece of shit. Um, And so she, like, kisses him really hard and then, like, pulls back and just looks straight at him and says, that's how a woman kisses. Feel the difference. And then walks out the door. And it's fucking incredible it's a mic drop moment yeah definitely like reggie was definitely the best part of the film Uh, even though it was hard to watch that was Um, a hard-earned mic drop moment yeah she fought for that one yeah um and i just love because she comes in the beginning she comes off as so naive but then there's a switch where you're like oh no she knows because she's playing up how he remembers her yeah and it's just fucking good yeah yeah. And it's very interesting that they decided to add that. That they're like, he's not bad enough of a person. Yeah, Let's that's, make so him that's even what it worse. makes me think is that from the play, and I have another theory as to why they needed to add that to hammer home the point that he's not a good person. Mm-hmm. But like, Kristen Bell seemed 
kind of makes it pretty fucking apparent that he's not a dude person, but maybe they added it. Maybe people who watch movies have less media literacy than people who see plays, so yeah. they're, like, worried that they wouldn't get Just it. Lower IQs. Something. Stupid movies. Dumbasses. Anyway, Kristen Bell. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't, but how funny would it have been? I was like, anyway, Kristen Bell, and you're like, oh, my God, yeah, she's great. Have you seen The Good Place? And you just, like, thought I was doing a total non sequitur. Is there something we can do to clear the air after that? Do you think? Do I think what? Friends. Do I think what? Have you listened to Adam Brody on Armchair Expert? No. Pretty good interview. Yeah, I bet. Do you think that f- there's going to be a Frozen 3? Be surprised. Do you think it'd be good? I don't think it would be bad. I don't think it would be as good as either of the first two. You don't think it'd be better than two? I thought two was pretty good. Besides, wasn't hot on besides two. the queer baiting. Yeah, maybe that soured it. For, I'd, maybe I'd have to go back. Wait, and important watch question. It, yeah. How do you feel about Lost in the Woods? As a song? Yeah. Banger. Okay, good. Absolute banger. That's to, some people hate it, and I wrong. Don't They're respect wrong. them. Yeah, it's fucking what incredible. The fuck? Jonathan Groff went off. And I like. I I felt I felt like the pacing was weird in that movie. A little bit, yeah. Like I didn't. I wanted to spend more time with the characters and something about it felt like rushed. There's like, I think I watched like a whole ass video about how they didn't have a story. Mm-hmm. Like the writing process for that movie was absolutely fucked. Cause like the first one was so big and they didn't expect it to be really. So they're like really rushing the sequel out. And because of that, the story makes no sense. I should find that video. Cause like that was the impression I got where I was like, none of this really links up. And it feels weird. Like, like it just feels off as a story. Anyway, welcome to our Frozen 2 <laughs> podcast. This is Frozen Watch. This is Lost in the Woods, our Frozen podcast. Fuck, that's such a good idea. Because <laughs> you know those podcasts where, like, they rewatch the same movies uh-huh. over and over uh-huh. again? We do Lost in the Woods, and we just watch Frozen 1 and 2 over do and over. Do you remember how in 8th grade... Dave put on Frozen, like, at least three times no. throughout the year. Because any time... So Dave would just put on a movie, and every time he'd just be like, I'm going to put on a movie, what do you want to watch? And Paige and Cassidy would be like, Frozen! And so we watched Frozen, like, three or four times that year. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it was really weird. How'd they not get sick of it? I don't know, they were... It's a good movie, like, don't it get is me wrong. a very good movie. came out in 2012. <laughs> but it's not that good. <laughs> like, it's like, I wouldn't watch it every day and do you know what i would watch every day what would you watch every day tangled life? i honestly don't think i would do that i don't think it's... any of my favorite movies i would watch every day i would get sick of them very quickly tangled is so good I don't tangled think is really good like don't get me wrong that is top 25 movies of all time tangled mm-hmm. i love it mm-hmm. i would not watch it every day dude <laughs> i would maybe watch it every month <laughs> yeah i wouldn't even watch bring it on every month you wouldn't? I wouldn't, and that's my favorite movie. Maybe not favorite, favorite. I've watched some good movies recently that might surpass might it. beat Bring It On? Yeah, I'll have to look at my ranking. Anyways, do you want to finish talking about this fucking movie? Yeah. Um. So, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. He goes and sees Kristen Bell, and... Who was his girl? His first girlfriend after high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her name is Bobby. Cool. 
With and, an eye. Yeah, with an eye. Because she's cool. Yeah. And, like, not like other girls. Sure, for... Bobison. I was going to say Roberta. Bobito. Bobita. Can I do one more? Yeah. Bobelia. <laughs> um, they they talk. <laughs> you find out he's a terrible guy again. Yeah. So the I'll just he can I just do this one real quick. Yeah. There's not a lot. I mean, say the thing you were. Well, say. I was gonna say there's something weird where like when he called her to say they wanted to meet, he told her that he had fantasies about her twin sister. Which they just, like, brush over that yeah, real quick. Yeah, they, like, say it like it's a pre-established... Like, it comes up in the conversation as a fact that has already been established, but also established recently. Yeah. Because, like... Because, obviously, it'd be weird to, for him to say it in the middle of this scene. Yeah. Where he goes, by the way, I had fantasies about your twin sister who looks exactly like you. Almost. But something about her, I guess, is better. I don't know. <laughs> and... But it's also weird that it just... Like, it just comes up. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. This scene is the worst out of all of them in terms of that theater dialogue. And it starts right out the gate where she says, like, she's, like, talking to him and he's in the bathroom getting dressed because she answered the door when he had just gotten out of the shower because she was there early. Mm -hmm. And it's this weird thing. And you have to do it in theater because, like, there's constraints with costume changes and timing and, like, the sets and the different things you can do. So, like, she has to... You have to get through context clues of their dialogue that she got there early and answered the door while he was just getting out of the shower. And that was like an awkward encounter. But it's a movie. So why didn't that just fucking happen? Mm -hmm. Like you can write a couple extra lines of dialogue. Like the dude who did the screenplay wrote the play. Just add that extra scene in. But instead it's this weird awkward exchange where they're giving it to you through many context clues that they had this other interaction a few seconds before the scene started. And that just continues throughout the whole rest of the scene where they're doing these weird moves that you have to do in theater so it doesn't feel as out of place. But in a movie, you're like, why didn't you just fucking show that to me? Yeah. Why are you telling me this? I'm bored. Show, don't tell. In summary, she's the only blonde out of all the other girls that he's dated, aside from the woman he's engaged to. Halfway through the scene, he has an out loud epiphany to this woman that he... In the finding the girl that he is marrying, he was just trying to recreate her... Which is bad. Uh, and this, he's also like, oh, I've come to this realization during my trip to all my ex-girlfriends. Yeah. I've realized I just want to be with you. And she's the girl that he realized he cheated on in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't even going to talk to her originally. Mm-hmm. He added her in. Yeah, he talks to her. He realizes that she's, he was trying, because she's also in medicine and his wife is starting to be a nurse. And it gets more weird from there. Because Oh, you forgot about the part <laughs> where she tells him that her sister got cancer and died. And he and he's like he's like so shocked and he's like, I'm so sorry, that's terrible. And then she's like, No, I'm just playing. Yeah, she goes, I was lying to you to make you feel bad. It seems like they're trying to do another like Reggie and uh Lindsay moment where she mm-hmm. gets to kind of fuck him up a little mm-hmm. bit. But it was she just kinda like... does at the end, but also it doesn't phase him. Yeah. Why did why do they start wrestling? Because she's trying to leave, and he literally... But what's the thing that makes her want to leave? I don't remember the what the fucking final straw is. He says something, and she tries to leave, and then he, like, grabs her and stops her from leaving. Which, I did not know how that scene was about to play out. Yeah, I was very scared. <laughs> um, I don't remember. Do you remember? No. Cool, we'll move on. 
she he fucking wrestles her to the ground he's like no leave let me explain myself and she's like get the fuck off me i want to leave um and then she rips his shirt again in a very theatery kind of choreographed move where like i don't know how you would have done it to make it feel better on Mm -hmm. film but something about it i was like that's a theater that's theater staging i know that i was a theater kid she rips up in his shirt and he was recording the whole conversation because he's been using all these conversations with women not to make amends, but as fuel for an article. Because he's a writer. Because he's a writer and a piece of shit. And then he says, he has a, finally gets a big monologue where he is, where it like becomes fully clear in that monologue that this character is fucking delusional and has no awareness like zero awareness of what he is doing in a bonkers way like he is so i don't like the way that he envisions himself is just so not what he is in the real world Mm -hmm. where like he he makes this admission of like yeah i'm flawed but so is every person like find someone who's not flawed like with it's just it's i mean i guess there's people like that and he is like Sue me, I use my real life as inspiration for my writing. I change all the names, so no harm, no foul. Which, like, I mean, we're way over the time that we usually hit, which, good for us, we never do that. And I could go, there's a whole thing recently, I'm a literature major, so this is the, this is where my, my, this is my shit. One eternity later. It's like a weird, I don't know, it's a weird thing in the literary world where people do that shit where they, like really rip from real life and they're like well it changed the names and it's like if you're not i don't know something about that where i'm like i don't if you don't have the consent of the people you're writing about that's not cool Mm -hmm. like other real famous like real writers did that where they it was like semi-autobiographical but they got the consent of the like the people who were involved really involved and i don't feel as bad about those it's fucking nuts anyway sorry that's my mini rant i'll probably edit that out too (laughs) Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And so he's doing that, and he's like, I don't think I'm a bad person. And she says, fuck you. And then he gets on a plane, and I flirts with another flight attendant, and tells his fiance he'll see her soon. What a shithead. Like, that relationship cannot work out. Yeah, like, he's gonna cheat on her. He's gonna cheat on her on that plane. Yeah. I feel very bad for this woman. Not good. Here's, okay, so, (laughs) to summarize, man. The casting of Adam Brody in this role is why I think that they added the Reggie scene to hammer home how shitty of a person he is. Because you think he did too good a job of making him Because Well, I think they did it out the gate, maybe not even when he got casted, maybe just because they knew that when they were bringing it over to a movie, they were going to cast someone who was more affable than the people that who'd previously played the role. I'll get to them in a second. That, And so they were like, well, we're going to have someone who's slightly more charming to like lull the audience in this false insecurity, but we need a scene that like really hammers home that he is entirely... Because like, I think if you took out that Reggie scene, there would still be room for dumbasses to debate based off of the Bobby scene mm-hmm. that he's not a bad person... He's just misguided. Yeah. Or, like, he is trying to be good, but he just doesn't know what he's doing. He needs help. Or, like, some thing like that. But, like, I think the Reggie scene, the way he reacts to everything else, all really 
come into one and be like, yeah, this dude's shitty. And they needed that because Adam Brody or whoever they're going to get at the time they decided to write that scene was going to be so charming. That's my theory. Here's who played... Do you want to know who played this role originally? Well, now I'm scared, but yeah. Because I think it would have been better for the movie. I love Adam, and he does a good job in this role. But I do think for the... Because I... If... My my other hypothetical... (laughs) I have so many thoughts about this fucking movie as a whole in a way that I don't want to. I don't want to have these thoughts. I don't want to think about it. Um, I didn't like it very much. (laughs) I've gathered. He... It's a problem that the main character is a writer who uses their real life to fuel their writing and do their writing, and this thing was written by a man. So it makes me wonder, did this dude do the same thing, and he's trying to absolve himself by writing a character who does the same thing and is shitty? Because, like... Adam Brody's character does that thing in the movie where he uses all these excuses about his own writing where like his he's saying that well I'm writing about how weird and fucked up the politics of sex are so that absolves me of all my crimes I can't mm-hmm. be a bad person because I'm thinking about this thing and because you have a writer as the main character and this main character it was written by someone it makes me think that the person who wrote this main character is doing the same fucking thing with their writing Maybe it's not. Maybe he's just doing a commentary on other male writers who do that. But it sure makes me think, hey, maybe not. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Adam Brody is so charming. And so the person who originally played the role of the man was David Schwimmer. (laughs) (laughs) What? Which would have been so much more effective. Oh my god, I would have hated him. Imagine, like, right out the gate, Ross from Friends is the one who's, like, originally, like, when it was in London, on stage, he played it for the entire run, David Schwimmer from Friends. And, like, imagine that, dude. That's fucked up. It would have hit it home. Right out the gate, I would have had no doubts that this dude was not supposed to be likable. Yeah. And, like, I, for me, I don't really... It does, I guess it doesn't need it. Yeah, it's a, an effective kind of transition to like Adam Brody initially and ha- have this dawning realization like, oh, he sucks. But something about the possibility of it being David Schwimmer, it's tantalizing. <laughs> anyway, what would you rate this movie? Do you have any thoughts on it as an overall well, work I, of art? I didn't hate it as much as you did. I don't even know if I hate it. I just don't know if it was effective because I'm confused as to what the point was. You I know? Well, <laughs> I get it once again. I'm like at the point where like, it doesn't need to be a point. I guess. I was entertained. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Kept my attention. Yeah. I mean, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. That being said, Here's I... What I, can I Maybe it was an okay put together movie. Like it was competent-ish. The reviews on it cannot agree on whether or not that's true. But I think in general it was like well acted. The actors did they did a good job. The director, I think I think that the lady who directed it did a fantastic job with what she was given. As like a thing with themes, I'm not sure where I land on it. How about that? I still wish it wasn't Adam Brody. I don't want to see him do those things. <laughs> I know, it hurt. It reminds me of that article where they're like, stop casting Adam Brody as assholes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's wrap this up. What would I rate it? What would you rate it? Maybe. I wouldn't rate it high. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't. I enjoyed it. I'd give it like maybe four out of ten. 
I'd rate it a four out of ten too. Okay. That also feels good. Let's wrap this up. Thank you for li- <laughs> thank you for listening. If you listened to all of this, it'll oh. be edited down. We don't need to call it out. It better be. Yeah, it better be. Sometimes you say you're going to edit it down and then you don't. We'll see what happens. Let's wrap this up. The longer we talk, the How longer How do we it wrap is. it up? Say hey, your social media thing. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to stay up to date on when the episodes are going to be a day late and a dollar short, uh, follow us on social media. Twitter at BrodyQuestPod. It's a good time and we're very nice. Also, you can email us, BrodyQuestPod at gmail.com. If you're Manuela, please fucking hit us up on either of those things and please explain the flat stanley tweet to us because we don't understand if you still listen to this podcast you might not and i wouldn't blame you after (laughs) apparently we've flattened you uh tune in next week when we will talk about things should we actually see no just finish the episode (laughs) okay fine thanks for listening i'm josette and i'm shannon and remember adam brody thinks your future's bright